But be- but before we get into it, the Sunday Scary Stock Talk is brought to you by Green Candle Investments. Both Dan and Brandon, the co-host, are expressing their opinions, and the opinions do not express the overall view of Green Candle Investments. Everything that we say here should not be taken as financial advice. We are by no means experts or anything like that. So if you want to invest in any of these companies, please do your own research, do your own due diligence, due diligence, and don't listen to a couple guys that are extremely hungover and recording and talking about the stock market. Be sure to tune in as we get into the rip. Bing bong, we are back with this edition of the Sunday Scary Stock Talk podcast. I am the host, Brandon, and my co-host is Dan. Uh, Before we get started, we're going to shout out to a good friend of the program, uh, Jeff Sugarts, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't know. We just call him Suge. Uh, he got engaged, uh, so big ups to that that guy. He's uh, been a writer since day one. Um, yeah, so congrats, Suge. Uh, we wish you all the best, and uh, very happy for you, buddy. Um, but yeah, yeah con- after that, congrats, ahead, congrats to Suge. I just want to say, like, I'm seeing all these people get engaged, get married uh, in the Bitcoin community, and here I was thinking that we were waiting till 100k to get girlfriends. So I don't know what's going on. I think people have been getting girlfriends behind my back before 100k so i mean i'm excited for him but at the same time you know a heads up on these things would be great because i've been waiting yeah i feel that um and you know to be honest my enemies are after me so um you know i i just need like a small like 10k loan uh if anybody wants to you know sell their car or do something like that uh give me a credit card in their name or something uh to, to help me escape my enemies uh so they can't track me you know that'd be great um I just, I'm, maybe I just need to find the right lady who could do that for me. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Brandon's talking about, it's this new documentary on, uh, Moss is going to hate this when he, if he listens to it, I don't know if he does, but, uh, it, on Netflix or Netflix as he calls it, there's a documentary called the Tinder swindler or this guy just basically like lies to everybody, lies to all these girls, uh, telling them that he's super rich, but in reality, he's just taking He's getting these girls to take massive amounts of debt and then send him credit cards and stuff. Yeah, like absolute goat when it comes to swindling, to be honest. <laughs> Guy's a legend. It's insane. He it's literally a Ponzi scheme. He gets one girl to take out a loan so he could buy all these nice stuff and pay for these nice things, private jets for another girl. And then he just keeps doing the cycle. He got caught once in Finland and he went to jail, but then he like basically plotted in jail like how to do it even better so he never had his name attached to any of it so um kind of an electric documentary unfortunately it didn't work for me last night i went to the bars and uh i told all these chicks that these enemies are my enemies are after me and i tried to get them to buy me drinks and i only got like you know one or two it's kind of fucked up to be honest wow yeah we maybe maybe we'll get uh his name was simon laviv on the pod maybe we'll try to get simon on the on the pod and uh, he can teach us his ways i don't know yeah, maybe after, uh, maybe we could get him. Maybe he's probably de- developing something on Web3 or an NFT or something like that. So I'm sure he's a very busy guy, um, you know. But uh, anyway, let's get into it. We'll go into our uh, macro minute. Um, so Dan, how you feeling going into this week? Um, you know, any big news that you saw, anything that's troubling you or uh, positive going forward, uh, just overall macro stock environment. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, on the prior point, I'd love to see Billy McFarland and Simon Lviv team up for an NFT project. Uh, something with Firefest and Tinder Swindler would be amazing. But yeah, as far as macro goes, of course, there's still this uh, alleged looming war over in Europe. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It's kind of crazy that you, you end Friday uh, thinking, oh, yeah, maybe we'll be in World War Three next week. Maybe we won't. I don't know. So there's that's still going on. And then the other thing I'm looking at, uh, and I think it's related to the series that we're doing now on Bitcoin mining is that there's a, a U.S. executive order that's supposed to be released this week on cryptocurrencies. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But macro wise, I don't know. It seems like it seems like we're all kind of holding our breath until March. Uh, there was some words of like emergency rate hikes, but they didn't come to fruition. So we'll see. I think everyone's just, I think the markets are just going to be volatile until March when they see, uh, when they see what, what Jay Powell has to say. How are you feeling? Yeah. Um, you know, I agree with that. Uh, it's just like, you know, the, the looming war, um, is it going to happen? Is it not? I don't know, to be honest. I, it's like, it almost seems like they they want to they 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 realize that like oh shit the they need to raise rates but um, they don't want to raise rates because it's going to hurt the rich and wealthy and it'll probably you know just start the demise of the stock market and everything like that um, so maybe they'll start a war to kind of save their ass and be like well we can't raise rates in the middle of a war which was uh, which would be very unfortunate to be honest so. Um, just kind of this whole geopolitical environment that we have going on is, uh, it's a little scary to be honest. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're talking about the Bitcoin mining sector. Um, we're going to take a dive into HUD eight later, uh, in this episode. So, uh, that, uh, the looming war, and then also the looming, um, announcement on the regulations of cryptocurrencies, uh, on Monday, I believe is when, uh, the Biden administration is going to say something, um, you know, that'll definitely probably affect uh, HUD-8 and some of these uh, Bitcoin mining uh, companies as a whole. Um, and, you know, as far as, uh, you know, going into HUD-8 too, we got to look at, you know, what's going on in Canada, uh, the truckers convoy. Um, there's currently, you know, uh, for those of you that don't know, you know, the truckers are protesting vaccine mandates. Um, and, uh I think it was like, uh, I can't remember. It was GoFundMe shut it down. And then there was another one um, that kind of stopped the funds. Do you know the name of that other one, Dan? I think it was called Give, Send, Go. And uh, yeah, the GoFundMe had over 9 million and GoFundMe shut that one down. So GoFundMe uh, terminated that account, returned all the money, said that they had violated their terms of service, um, that they had reports of violence. I haven't seen any violence from these protesters uh, from all, all the videos that I've seen. And then um, the other one, Give, Send, Go, was actually hacked. And then the th interesting thing about the Give, Send, Go one was that it was hacked and all of the users, all of the donors, their names and information were handed out. And there's been journalists just doxing these people, uh, which is despicable behavior, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, those, those were frozen. And then a TallyCoin fundraiser spun up. TallyCoin's a platform where you can donate in Bitcoin. Uh, both on layer one and through lightning. And so the the TallyCoin fundraiser raised about 20 Bitcoin, um, which the last time I looked at it was like $880,000 or something. Uh, and prices have been relatively stable. They took a little bit of a dip the last few days, so it's probably worth a little bit less. But they've started distributing those funds as far as I know. 
but the Canadian government, I mean, more to your point here, if, if we're looking at Canadian based Bitcoin companies, which we're going to be doing today, and I believe next week, um, like the government is trying to crack down on cryptocurrencies right now because of this, uh, which again is despicable in my opinion. Like you don't get to freeze people's money. They're doing it already with bank accounts. And now they're going to try to do this with crypto. If you use Bitcoin the right way, you don't have to worry about this. But most people don't use Bitcoin the right way. They keep their money on exchanges or other things that are owned by other people. So they have custodian wallets where they hold their their Bitcoin. So yeah, I think the larger point here is that the Canadian government is taking a very negative stance towards financial independence generally. And they're realizing that things like Bitcoin can be used to basically have a little more self-sovereignty over your financials. And uh, I'd expect that there's a bigger crackdown coming and it's coming to the US too. I mean, the Department of Justice last week announced that they're forming a task force to look at, to, to like look at crypto seizures. Um, so believe, believe me, I mean, this stuff's coming. And when you're looking at Bitcoin companies as an investor, these are things that you have to consider, these, re- these regulatory powers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely unfortunate as, a, you know, a Bitcoin guy as a whole and uh, looking at these companies. So if you're an investor in HUD-8 or um, any of these other companies, it's definitely something that you got to keep an eye out for, um, the regulatory pressures. Because um, it's not only, you know, unique to kind of a, uh, uh, it's not only unique to a, uh Bitcoin company, but it's also, you know, something that happens to various other companies. Um, So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, I think uh, there's a lot of question marks going forward in the overall macro environment. But, um, you know, from there, we'll see what happens. Um, Got anything else to add? No, I think that's all I have. You know, it's like, I know this is our Sunday stock talk, but these are things that you have to worry about. I think especially with exchanges, the mining companies are a little bit different, but at the end of the day, like if you're doing, if you're a hosting company um, where people, or basically you pay out people that are owning things. So it's like compass mining, for example, they host a miner that you would sign up for. Well, they have all of your information. They are a KYC company. And if you're a publicly traded KYC company, like let's take Coinbase, for example, you have to give them your information to sign up for Coinbase. And then you actually hold assets on Coinbase. If they get slapped with a subpoena from a regulatory body, they're going to respond to it. They, they have to. Like it, so as these publicly traded companies know more and more about you, if they're in any way holding any of your wealth and the government decides that you've done something they don't like, they're going to come after it. And they're going to do that through these companies. And these companies are going to be compliant. It's just the way it works. So I, you know, I just encourage everybody to think a little bit about that um, going forward. That's all I've got. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so then let's get into HUD-8. So we've kind of teased that this is the company and uh, that, that we're going to go into. And uh, yeah, so Dan is a holder of HUD-8. I am not. The only Bitcoin mining uh, stock that I own is um, the ETF WGMI, which will probably go uh go into later um because when we first broke down the sector uh, that wasn't available and then you know we wrote about it and all of a sudden it's uh it's available now so uh call it the green candle bump call it whatever you want but uh definitely you know think our big our big and large following uh had something to do with that but anyway we'll go into hud 8 so hud 8 is a mining company 
uh, cryptocurrency mining company. So they're not strictly Bitcoin. Um, they're involved in industrial scale Bitcoin mining operations. They actually have the largest um, mining operation in North America. Uh, they're primarily located in just Canada right now. Um, so they have uh, industrial scale Bitcoin miners, as well as a hybrid da data center model that serves both Web2 uh, nascent dig digital asset computer sectors and Web3. Um, I know that's Dan's favorite. He's a huge Web3 guy. So um, I'm sure that's going to be one of his bull arguments as to why he's an investor here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, HUD8 has tier zero to tier four computing platform and it allocates digital, digital asset mining and open source distributed ledger technology um, to underutilized areas. So essentially, it's just, you know, Bitcoin mining company, but it also mines uh, Ethereum and, um, and yeah, some other coins as well. Um, and it's starting to develop and, and shift its focus from strictly Bitcoin um, to more of a uh, Web3 kind of focus. Um, so as of this uh, recording, it's trading at $5.94, pretty close to its year low. Uh, year range was three fifteen dollars to uh, $3.15 to $16.57. Uh, it's got a market cap of 994.5 million USD. So um, we covered uh, Marathon Digital last week, and that was the largest market cap uh, of any company in the Bitcoin mining sector. And uh, HUD-8 has the largest footprint or largest amount of miners. Um, so we're trying to cover a lot of these big, big miners. Um, and yeah, so right now, um, as far as financials go, they had about uh, 47, uh, almost 48 million in revenue last quarter. Um, and they also have the most amount of Bitcoin held on the balance sheet of any publicly traded company uh, available right now. And they added 905 self-mined Bitcoin to that uh, last quarter. And yeah, 91% of their servers have been installed and powered up. And they also, you know, had a partnership with NVIDIA, which I know you, um, I don't know if you still currently hold it, but you were uh, an, NVIDIA, an NVIDIA holder at one point in time as well. Um, so yeah, um, that's going to increase their uh, giga hash and uh, their, you know, their mining capabilities and everything like that. Um so yeah, I guess Dan, initial thoughts on on everything I just went through right there. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Uh, good coverage. Uh, happy to go into how I feel about the company itself. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I guess so. This week I had the bull arguments, and Dan has the bear. Um, kind of fitting because Dan um is a holder and uh, very upset and is holding so. Um, I'll kind of go through a little bit of what I got on the bull and then Dan will go through his bear and then we'll kind of give our overall opinions on the company as a whole. Um, so yeah, the arguments that I have of, of the positives is, uh, you know, they have, they have the largest Bitcoin uh, holding of any publicly traded company. Uh, as a Bitcoin guy, both Dan and I think that, you know, this is huge. Um, they're not only like mining Bitcoin, but they're going to be adding to it every single quarter. And, uh, you know, that's just a positive going forward. Um, I don't really see like holding Bitcoin as, as being a negative. Um, you know, we see other publicly traded companies kind of get in on this, like Tesla is probably one of the biggest ones that most stock people, you know, know, and, and, uh, whether what have like, you know, some sort of opinion on it, but, uh, Tesla made more money on their, 
Bitcoin holding then on, uh, you know, selling cars when they first uh, put it on the balance sheet. So, um, you know, it's definitely something that's a positive, uh, even though it's like a volatile asset. So is the U.S. dollar. So instead of holding cash reserves, holding Bitcoin could just help and benefit the overall health of the company going forward. Um, another positive of HUD-8 is that they have the largest uh, mining footprint of any company. So um, not only do they have Bitcoin mining, uh, the largest Bitcoin holding, uh, they also have the largest amount of Bitcoin miners. So they can keep adding to that. And, uh, you know, they have uh, a large abundance of natural resources in Canada as well. Um, so, you know, not, not only like during the wintertime, uh, these miners give off heat and everything like that. Uh, they don't necessarily need to worry about that uh, in Canada, um, whereas like in some warmer climates, that might be an issue and wear out the um, miners because of, you know, the significant amount of heat that they put off of. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think like Canada is is a great place for Bitcoin miners. Uh, they've had a lot of companies kind of pop up there and HUD-8 is the largest. So, um, yeah, Dan, what are your bear points? Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised by my bear points. I think they're too focused on non, non-Bitcoin related products. Um, the, their last investor's presentation had a bunch of shit about Web3 and, uh, and video games and things like that. So I think they're expanding into traditional data centers as a way to stabilize cash flow. But in my opinion, as a Bitcoin mining company, you should just be focused on Bitcoin mining. So I think HUD-8 will, will basically be taken over by um, companies like Marathon who are hyper-focused on Bitcoin mining and expanding their Bitcoin mining footprint. Um, but that's that's just my opinion. You know, I think the Web3 stuff is nonsense. I think this focus on NFTs is misguided. Uh, video gaming, I, I see a little bit. So just creating data centers for video gaming. Video gaming is growing. Uh, it's a growing industry and there's a lot of people doing it. So, you know, we'll see about that. But as far as I'm concerned, I'd love to see this Bitcoin mining company focus more on expanding their Bitcoin mining footprint. Uh, who knows? Maybe they're just getting a little complacent with their their current uh, market share of actual mining, their current hash rate, but we'll see. Uh, and then semi-related to that, I just I think there are other companies that are more Bitcoin focused, like Marathon, um, like BitFarms. I think these companies are are just hyper focused on expanding the core of their business, which is Bitcoin mining, right? And then the other thing that I dislike is this buy-in on ESG. So in their most recent uh, investors presentation, they talked a lot about how they're super focused on uh, ESG, which quite frankly, I don't really care that much about. I want these miners to find the cheapest energy possible. And that's that. Like you should be mining Bitcoin with the cheapest energy possible. I don't think you should be hyper-focused on renewables or anything like that i think over time the renewables will become the cheapest source of energy but until then like i just i don't mind these companies using flare off gas i think it's a good thing that these companies can come in and use uh wasted or stranded sources of energy so i don't like seeing companies go down this esg road and they're also dipping their toes in this like you know diversity and equity uh in the in these diversity and equity waters which i don't like either i think that this is uh, misguided. I think you should find the cheapest energy possible. And I think you should uh, hire people who you believe are the most capable of doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. That's just my opinion. I know a bunch of people are probably going to disagree with that. But at the end of the day, I believe that you should have the, you should have the strongest people doing the, 
the work that they're most suited for. And if it's a woman, it's a woman. If it's a guy, it's a guy. Like I just, I, you know, in my opinion, I don't care. Like I want to see a company succeed by hiring the best people for the job. And, uh, and that's that. So yeah, those are my bare arguments. They're all kind of related to each other in general. It's just that I don't think that they're as focused on Bitcoin mining as they should be for a Bitcoin mining company. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I with all those points, it kind of just brings back to one of the points you made in there is that they're just distracted. It seems, you know, they don't have a hyper focus on Bitcoin mining. Um, they, you know, from there, like they're uh, trying to be more inclusive and and things like that. You know, it, it can be good to a certain point to get, you know, people of different backgrounds and and things like that to, you know, be together in a company and whatnot. But at the same time, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like if you're going to hire somebody based on, you know, uh, their gender or race or something like that, it should just be uh, almost like a blank sheet, right? Just look at this person, like how are they qualified? How do they seem fit? Um, and, and everything else, like, are they the best person for the job? It should be as simple a question as that. Um, and I think that, you know, trying to hire away or try to hire, you know, specifically for women, it kind of puts you backs you in a corner, um, whether it's women or even, you know, Latinos who, which I am. So, I, I mean, at some point, sometimes this, this thing benefits me, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, you should look for the best person for the job, no matter who it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, moving into web three and everything like that, I think is a big negative as well. Um, I don't really see the positive in that. Um, I think that they should try to just focus on that one asset that seems to, you know, have longevity. Um, but, you know, I also don't run this company and, you know, maybe I'm wrong with the whole Web3 thing. But, um, you know, it seems like every week more and more stuff comes out that's more negative on, on Web3 uh, than opposed to Bitcoin, um, which just keeps trucking along. And I think to this... Um, this regulation is going to hit companies that are in the Web3 uh, Ethereum, like not so decentralized uh, cryptocurrency space, more so than any other, um, more so than any other crypto, I guess, uh, because, you know, I, I kind of hate that crypto word, but, uh, you know, Ethereum essentially isn't de- decentralized and Bitcoin is. So you, can, you can't stop the Bitcoin network. You theoretically could stop the Ethereum network and it has been shut down before. So um, for a company to kind of get into this with all these regulatory uh, headaches and potential uh, mishaps uh, going forward, it's kind of disappointing to see a company go into it like that. And, you know, obviously not financial advice. Um, I'm not a financial advisor or anything like that, but uh, I just really don't see um, anything that they're currently doing and currently putting out as a positive and convincing me to invest any of my money. Well, here's the thing too, like I, the ESG narrative and the decentralization narrative, in my opinion, are diametrically opposed to one another, right? Because you've got You've got people pushing this ESG narrative hard and arguing for something like proof of stake, which is uh, an alternative to proof of work. And a lot of people would say that it's a it's a more ESG friendly alternative to proof of work. But as soon as you implement proof of stake, boom, you're no longer decentralized because it's the people that have the most that get to make the decisions on the protocol. So you're no longer as decentralized as you would as you would otherwise be. So in my opinion. Uh, ESG and 
and decentralization are just, they're opposed to one another. And so I don't understand companies that try to push both of these things. Like, oh, we're super ESG friendly. And then we're also all for DeFi or decentralization. So, okay. Are you really? And then I love to the people that post pictures of Vitalik and say, uh, Vitalik and say, my entire net worth is in the hands of this man. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's real decentralized guys. Like, come on. And then, and then the dude's wearing fucking pink pajamas and uh, a coat that's four sizes too small for him. So I don't know. Uh, don't get me on one. I could get on one today, dude. Don't get me on one. <laughs> well, let's see. Go off, King. Let's hear it. I mean, yeah. you're, you're a holder. So like the stock has not been doing very well for you. You've been like, if you guys follow us, you've known and you've heard Dan kind of bitch about it. And uh, Len, our good buddy at the Canadian Bitcoiners podcast gave uh, very bad financial advice. So never listen to anything Len says. Um, but uh, yeah, that's obviously sarcastic for those who don't know me. So Len doesn't give financial advice, et cetera, et cetera. But Dan, go off King. Let's hear it. This yeah, one's it- been very poor for you. This, yeah, it's been, it's, it's way down, uh, which is not like, it's not their fault. I, I voluntarily invested in it. It's not like anyone put a gun to my head and, and told me I had to inv- invest, but it's the same thing with Intel. Intel this week came out and started pushing this energy FUD too. And I was hyper bullish on, on Intel after they said that they were going to get into the ASIC chip manufacturing game. And then Masa comes along and shows me this video of, uh, I forget who it, who it was within the company, talking about how Bitcoin miners use too much energy. And it's like, man, energy usage is not the key metric here. Um, And I know you and I talked about this a bit on our spaces on Friday where, okay, well, maybe if you're getting into home mining and you're worried about energy costs, then maybe energy usage is an important metric. Okay, so I get that. And if he would have betted it in that context, then I would get it. But he didn't bet it in that context, right? He didn't say typically energy usage isn't a key metric. However, we're focused on home mining and we want to drive down energy costs for the home miner. That wasn't the context he put it in. He put it in the context of it's terrible for the environment, all of these things. And, you know, it just shows me that a lot of these people making these decisions don't understand what industry they're getting into. And so when I see this ESG stuff, it starts to worry me about who's in charge of decision-making at the company. And I'm seeing it here with HUD8. I prefer when people get on podcasts, you know, like there's been people from bit farms and things like that, that jump on podcasts uh, with our friends, Joey and Len and say, look, we're looking for the cheapest energy. I love the great American mining company. They're using flare off gas, which is a massive waste of energy. They're figuring out how to capture that wasted energy and convert it into an economic tool of Bitcoin. So, um, you know, I, I just, when I see this stuff, it really worries me. It worries me that the people in charge just don't have the it, they just don't have the right uh the right vision in my opinion exactly yeah um i think like especially these new companies i like to see companies that are hyper focused whether it's bitcoin mining or something else like i i like to see them get in and just master one thing right so when apple for example first came out right they mastered computers they mastered it, right? They figured out everything they could do to master the computers. And then they moved into d- diversifying their products. Then they moved into the iPod, you know, everything else, AirPods, what have you. But the first thing they did was the computers, right? And same kind of deal with Amazon, right? They, they 
you know, before they did AWS and all the other aspects of their business, they focused on uh, strictly like creating the marketplace and making the marketplace more and more efficient. Um, and so that's where I'd like to see HUD8 get into or any, any of these new companies. That's something that I look for when I, especially when I'm looking into an early publicly traded company is like, are they hyper-focused? Because in my opinion, I think that that's, you know, where they, they kind of get their bread and butter. And then as they get bigger, they, they have the capital and then they have, you know, that, uh, you know, whatever aspect of it, their company, whether it's computers or whatever to fall back on. Um, and then they can start taking more risks. And then when they start taking more risks, if they hit on those risks, that's when the company becomes a mega giant. So, um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent, uh, to HUD eight, Man, just get focused. Uh, yeah, look, th- look. There's some. There's something to be said for for diversity, for product diversity, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, last week we covered Marathon Digital, and Marathon Digital is diversifying by going into like what are cooling technologies. So it's things that are tangentially related to Bitcoin mining. It's like, all right, how can we develop better uh, ASIC chips in house? How can we develop cooling technologies in house? And those things will spin off, and they can sell those technologies to other industries. Right. It seems like what HUD 8 is doing is going just completely outside of Bitcoin mining and going more into just traditional data center technologies. And they're not even really like, I just don't see how they're developing those technologies. I know I'm not a part of the company and I'm not privy to all of the things that they're doing, but um, I don't know. I would just love to see them more focused on the core of their company, which is Bitcoin mining. And I've said that probably 10 times in this podcast, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree with you there. So uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, we have kind of the same opinion on this. So we're, we're not going to go to bats. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I guess that's it. I All I got on, on HUD 8. Um, you got anything else? Any closing remarks? Uh, nothing comes to mind. I, I don't know. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. I, I don't own that much of it, fortunately. Uh, oh, I did look up, by the way, you mentioned WGMI, the Bitcoin mining ETF from Valkyrie. And HUT 8 has a 2.8% weight. It's, it's 18th when ranked by, uh, by weight. It's the 18th company. So, yeah, so I guess technically that makes me a holder, but um, not a very large uh, percentage of my portfolio either. So, well, it just shows uh, you too. I mean, it shows you too that, that people that do this for a living that are really looking into this, like it's behind Stronghold Digital Mining, it's behind BitFarms, it's behind Hive, it's behind Argo, Riot, Marathon. Uh, of course, there's some chip manufacturers, NVIDIA above it, Cypher Mining's above it, Core Scientific's above it. Like, you know, there's the people that are really looking into this stuff, I think are not weighting it very high. And if it's, and it's one of the, it's has more Bitcoin on its, uh, has more Bitcoin on its balance sheet than any other, more self-mined Bitcoin on its balance sheet than any other mining company. So maybe it tells you something that the folks at Valkyrie you know, don't see it as, as something that they should give more than 3% weight to. Exactly. And uh, not only that, that they have the most self-mined Bitcoin on their balance sheet. They also have the largest amount of miners of any uh, Bitcoin mining company in North America. So um, yeah, definitely uh, kind of like if I was a HUD-8 investor, I'd be a little scared seeing some of these things that we're, we're talking about here. So um, but yeah, like I said, and like we'll say at the beginning um, and at the end, not financial advice, um but yeah let's we'll wrap it up um like we said at the beginning i'm brandon and i'm here with my co-host dan Uh, we bring these to you every sunday is when we record uh, and we'll release shortly after um 
we release our newsletter where we'll have this in written form, uh, our breakdown of HUD-8. Uh, it'll come out on Monday, which will be President's Day. The markets are going to be closed, but um, we'll still send it out, you know, still putting out content even on holidays. And then Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, we do our Twitter space uh, talking stocks. Uh, so come and join us there. And then if you're into Bitcoin or want to learn more a little bit about that, uh, you know, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, we put out a Bitcoin uh, specific one every Friday. Um, and then we even have like a, you know, a breakdown for just people who are getting into Bitcoin uh, there. So if you're new into it, uh, check that out. And uh, we also have the State of Bitcoin podcast. So give us a listen, subscribe to that. And uh, we do a Twitter space uh, for our Bitcoin content as well every Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. So like, subscribe, uh, join us, interact, uh, find us at Green Candle IT on Twitter. You can basically find everything that we got going on there. And then follow myself at BKeys1010 and our, uh, my co-host Dan at PVO underscore Dan um on twitter as well and just interact with us let us know what you think and uh yeah dan got any last closing remarks yeah i think the most important thing that you do there is just follow my personal um i just cracked through 400 followers and i'm trying to boost that up to a thousand as quickly as possible so make sure you give my personal follow uh you know i think that's what's best for the team i'm a team guy at the end of the day but uh i think the best thing for the team right now is that i grow my personal following as, as quickly as possible yeah, so we have a little bet going on. The loser, first one to get to a, a, a thousand, the other person has to eat an onion like an apple, which I don't know how it's going to work. Uh, Gandalf, kind of Bitcoin Gandalf, who interacts with us a lot on Twitter. So if you follow us, you'll probably see us interacting with him quite a bit. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work, dude. I don't even think you can like bite into an onion. You gotta, Maybe we'll have to boil it or something to make it like soft so you could actually bite in and not fuck up my teeth. Actually got a dentist appointment on Monday, so ask I'll him. Ask him. your dentist. Ask your dentist yeah. if it's possible to just eat onions. Like yeah, be like, "Yo, Doc, can I just uh, bite into this onion like an apple? Will that be all right?" Um, but yeah, anyway, um, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back next week. Peace.